Hello, everybody. This is Peggy Olson, and I'm here with the all-famous Mark Seiden with the real estate um, team turning goals into reality. Um, I love the topic for today. It is a topic that I think a lot of us don't know much about, but Mark's going to guide us through exactly what is a dual agency in real estate, and should you um, be open to it, or is it something we should avoid? So we've heard of this where um, buyers and sellers, okay, it's a, where an agent or a brokerage um, represents the buyer side and the seller side. So very kind of interesting dynamic when I, when I research kind of what all this is, um, but I have the expert with us today. Hi, Mark. Well, hello, hello, hello. I love this topic. Agency law is like one of my most funnest, how's that for proper Oxford English? It funnest is. conversations to ever talk about where there's actually other competitive companies that actually ask me to come in and give them and their agents a lesson on agency law. So I actually do this all over Westchester County, not just for my agents, but I've gone into other companies' agencies to present and they're like fascinated about this. It is fascinating. It's something that you don't hear a lot about, right? But it's, it's, it's relevant, it's, it's out there. So I wanna start with just kind of what is dual agency? What does that mean? Okay, to so- Buyer or seller. Right, so in order to be a dual agent, one has to just understand a buyer's agent and a seller's agent. Now, I usually give a four hour seminar. Oh my gosh. On agency and dual agency. And I promise our pod, podcast uh, listeners, we will not do four hours a day. It'll just be a shy under three hours, 15 minutes. Just kidding. So I'm going to do the completely abbreviated of the abbreviated of the abbreviated version. But here we go. Okay. So in order to be a dual agent to represent both sides, you have to understand what each, uh, when an agent just represents a seller or just represents a buyer. And again, I'm talking about New York State right now. Um, what does that mean? So it's pretty basic. Uh, there is a New York state form that actually a real estate agent is obligated under the state of New York to put in each buyer's and each seller's face to have them sign, not to obligate the buyer to sell it to anything. It's not an obligation. An obligation is that they sign something called an exclusive right to represent agreement, which is completely different than an agency disclosure. An agency disclosure is for the consumer. It's so the consumer understands the consumer's rights and what they can expect from a real estate agent. And that's why it's extremely important that a consumer does sign this form that an agent puts in front of them because it's consumer centric to protect the consumer, not to protect the real estate agent. And there's a lot of real estate agents that actually fail to present this form to a buyer or seller because they just want to get them to a house and everything. But if any real estate agent is taking out a buyer or representing a seller or signing up a seller without signing this form, they are in breach of New York state law, period. There are no exceptions to that rule. So Do others what is, have that law in place as well or just New York? Cause I would think oh, a lot, most states have a okay. version of it. And a lot of these, um, um, agency laws are very similar from state to state to state. They may have a, a different nuance here and there. Like I bought a, uh, uh, a little beach place in New Jersey and 
I had to deal with New, New Jersey agency law. And when I read there, when I read theirs, theirs was pretty much the same as um, everybody else's. Um, but uh, it, it was very, very, very similar, like 95% the same. So anyway, um, what a seller's agent has or a buyer agent has when they represent someone, and again, this is not, not again, I want to put this out there. Agency law and representation has zero to do with payment of commission. Let me say that again. Agency law representation has nothing to do with who pays commission. So an agent can have a fiduciary responsibility to represent a buyer according to this form that I was just talking about, the New York State uh, Agency Form Disclosure regarding each real estate agency relationships. But that does not state anything about who pays commission. That's a completely separate document if that's even gonna come into existence, called an exclusive right to represent. That is separate from agency law. So basically an agent can represent a buyer, have fiduciary responsibility towards a buyer, have to do everything for the buyer and still not get paid by the buyer at all. The buyer does not have to have any obligation to pay any commission. And most consumers, and believe it or not, a lot of real estate agents don't even know that. So New York State does not monitor, nor do they have any disclosures regarding commission. What they monitor is the rights of the consumer and to make sure that the consumer understands what a real estate agent is or is not supposed to be doing on behalf of a consumer. That's why agency law exists. So whether an agent represents a buyer or an agent represents a seller, um, the obligations of the buyer's agent or seller's agent is this. A buyer's agent or seller's agent has Without limitation, I love those two words. I do too. <laughs> now, without that, without limitation, there actually are limitations. Of the course. limitation is the law mm -hmm. or our ethical standards of practice. So they still have to be within the law and our ethical standards of practice. But as long as it's within the law and within our ethical standards of practice, a buyer's agent has or a seller's agent has, without limitation, the following fiduciary duties to the buyer or the seller, depending on which side they represent. And here they are, reasonable care, undivided loyalty, confidentiality, full disclosure, obedience, and duty to account. And duty to account has to do with monies. So just in, so for example, there are areas in New York State where agents actually do take uh, the escrows for contracts and they'd have to have it in a separate account, and they have to have a separate accounting for that. But even if a real estate agent just accepts the buyer's um, inspection fee by cash or check, and says, look, I gotta leave the inspection 15 minutes early, and the inspector said, I'll just email the report, but will you give the inspector a check? Once the agent accepts that check or cash or credit card or whatever in their hand, right. there's now a fiduciary responsibility for that account. Okay. That you account. So those are the six duties, uh, duties uh, to a buyer or seller. Reasonable care, undivided loyalty, confidentiality, full disclosure, obedience, and duty to account. Everyone needs to understand that first 
or no one will be able to understand dual agency. No, that's, that's a really good point. And when it comes to dual agency, like the structure and working with, in the end, you know, the consumer, the customer, the person that either is selling or buying, are there any like concrete things to avoid? Well, well, here we go. So let's, so let's talk about it. Yeah. So the challenge with dual agency, believe it or not, is really not a huge challenge with dual agency if agency law is conducted correctly. Okay. The consumer really has no fear of dual agency as long as the real estate agent is going to practice basic agency law correctly. If an agent is not going to follow basic agency law correctly, dual agency is the least of your problems if they're not even doing basic agency law correctly. What does that mean? And the reason why I have to start for this is because this is why people have, either have a fear or have no fear of dual agency, but it comes down to the premise of basic agency law. So let's say I represent a buyer. And when I represent a buyer, I'm supposed to represent the interests of the buyer. And I'm supposed to, uh, again, give them fiduciary duties. Without limitation, fiduciary duties of confidentiality, undivided loyalty, and full disclosure, right? So what does that mean? What that means is this. Let's say I take a buyer out and they find a house and they really want this house. What do I say to the seller's agent? Because everything about a buyer's motivation is supposed to be confidential. That's what it says. I have a fiduciary responsibility to keep everything confidential. So if I go to the seller's agent and says, hey, my buyers are uh, 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 getting out of their rental. They have to leave their rental. They only have 45 days or 60 days left on the rental. They're desperate. They got to find a place to live. I just breached the buyer's confidentiality. Okay. Because confidentiality basically deals with someone's motivation. Right. Because think about that. If I presented that to the listing agent, my buyers are desperate. They got to be out in 60 days. They really need this house and we're in a bidding war. And a seller's agent hears that term. What do you think a seller's agent hears in their head? You know what they hear? Cha-ching! We're going to be able to get this buyer up in price. Yeah. Now, we're not even in a dual agency situation. We're just talking about basic agency. So if an agent is not going to follow agency law correctly, not only will dual agency be a disaster, but basic agency is being a disaster. Right. Right. Or if the agent does hear something from the listing agent about the house that, you know, the roof's got a couple of roof leaks or, you know, it does have water in the basement every once in a while. If they don't disclose that to their buyer, that they have a fiduciary responsibility to fully disclose everything that they hear that's relevant, forget dual agency, basic agency is not being followed. So the reason why people should have a fear of dual agency is only for one reason. And that's if an agent isn't gonna follow basic agency law correctly. Because if they're not following basic agency law, they're not gonna follow the limitations of dual agency. Correct. And do you, have you ever been in, have you ever been a dual agent? Is that oh, what 20, uh, probably somewhere between 15 and 20% of the time I'm a dual okay. agent. I would find that to be a little stressful. Well, not for you, <laughs> per right. se, but for other agents, just because, I mean, you are trying to appease, right? right. Both parties. 
and do what is best, but also, you know, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like that would be pretty stressful for Well, it can be, but yeah. you have to learn to be able to say the word no to a consumer or a client because yeah. it's truly in their best interest and what's fair. Right. So let's take to, so now let's jump to dual agency. And again, when I do buyer and seller agency, it's two hours of drilling down into mm-hmm. all aspects of buyer and seller agency before I even get to dual agency. Okay. So we've just done it in about seven or eight minutes or however long it's been. Believe me, we do a much bigger drill down on this. Sure. But to go to dual agency, so here's how dual agency works. So I'm gonna go through these six fiduciary duties again, which people should probably wanna write down so you can really understand it. But again, it's reasonable care, undivided loyalty, confidentiality, full disclosure, obedience, and duty to account. And before I get to dual agency, I just wanna talk about the obedience one for a second, because this one actually cracks me up when agents do it wrong. Right, because when you say that, I'm like, what? I was actually going to ask you, like, what's obedience? Obedience means that as long as it's within the law and our ethical standards of practice, that whatever okay. our buyer or seller tells us to do, we do. Okay. We must obey. We must obey. So here's the one that I chuckle on with all the time. There's a house listed for $500,000. And a buyer, even if we don't agree with the buyer's reasoning, and what I call behind closed doors, I definitely banter. We can even say the word argue. Um, discuss, as my wife says, we never argue. We just discuss loudly sometimes. We can discuss strategy as to what offer should be and why would you offer that and what the comparable market analysis may be. So behind closed doors, we can do anything. But once you open the doors, meaning once you're now going to have conversations with the other side, whatever the consumer wants, the client wants, as long as it's within the law and ethical standards of practice, With conviction, we must present. What do I mean by that? I get, we get offers all the time that a house is listed for $500,000 and everyone knows there's a lot of bidding wars. My buyer's coming in with a buyer of 450. I don't agree with the buyer. I told them it was a mistake, but that's what they started with. Now we're not in dual agency. We're just hearing a buyer's agent say that to their buyer. Do you think that's how their buyer wanted their offer presented. I told them it was wrong, mm-hmm. but under the law, I have to present it. Well, that's true. Under the law, you have to present it, but you're supposed to be presenting it with conviction, not putting your buyer under the bus. Right, right. So if there's an agent that's going to be presenting just under pure buyer agency, presenting that way, well, dual agency is going to be a disaster, but not because dual agency is going to be a disaster just because agency law is a disaster for that agent. So as a listening agent, a lot of times when I hear that, I am just shaking my head on the other side of the phone going, this is just gonna be ugly and I already feel sorry for their consumer. Yeah. Yeah, they're putting into already a position of a little bit of doubt, right? Yeah, because I can't imagine that the buyer said to the agent, look, I'm putting an offer for 450, but feel free to throw me into the bus and tell them how you said I was wrong because that's really going to strengthen my offer. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. Good example. So now we'll go to dual agency. So since a buyer's agent or a seller's agent are both supposed to give, again, and I'm going to keep repeating it because this is the stuff that people understand, reasonable care, undivided loyalty, confidentiality, full disclosure about everything you hear about that house, 
or the other side's motivation. Obedience, you have to obey to do to account. How can you do that if you're representing both sides at the same time? So here's how dual agency works. And this is really important for people to know because even a lot of real estate agents get this wrong, especially when they're running open houses. Especially if they're running open houses. They just completely screw this up. So here's how it works. Okay. When an agent is representing a buyer or a represent, an agent's representing a seller, one of the six duty to accounts duties is confidentiality. And here's what you need to understand. Once you take on a consumer, where they're not going to go from consumer to client because you're going to represent them, regardless of commission, you're going to represent them. Whatever they say to you always remains confidential. And no matter what, it may never be breached. Ready? Never. Never. With one exception. With permission. So there are times that there is confidential information that I think may help a buyer or seller in a negotiation. So I'll bring up that strategy to that buyer or seller. And I say, look, your motivation, right, is uh, confidential. But in this case, because the seller really wants to get out, you know, and really wants to make sure they're going to have a buyer that, that works quickly, and we've kind of already negotiated price, we may want to disclose that you are in a rental and you're very flexible and that you can close fast or close early, whatever like that. Would it be okay if I present that confidential information? Because I think strategically that may help our negotiation. And if the buyer says, fine, well, now I'm able to disclose confidential information because I got permission. But to put it in old time, perfect 1600s English, if we ain't got no permission, it's confidential. And confidential may never be breached, ne eh, 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 ever. Never. <laughs> I, love how, I love how you phrase that. Um, which, is why, which is why you have the, you know, the, the documentation prior to even starting this process to avoid all of that confusion. Right. And that's why the consumer not only should be signing this form, if they have an agent that says they're going to go out and doesn't present it, they should insist on the form. And if the agent says, yeah, we get it. Don't worry about it. We'll do it later. later. That's the agent that you say, I'm not going to work with you. I'm going to go find another. Because if this is how an agent is starting, don't worry about dual agency. Okay, that's a really good tip. So just worry about agency. We'll just worry about that later. Let's get this going. That Which means that agent is already breaking the laws of New York State. Okay. On how to protect a consumer because New York State wants to make sure the consumer is protected from the real estate agent. Yeah. Okay. Makes Does sense. that make sense? Yeah, 100%. No, this is so, so Right, so that's why everyone has to understand this first before we talk about dual agency. No, so, no, I mean, it, it, this, is, this has been right. unbelievable. So here's how dual agency works. Since confidentiality is the one thing that may end never with five E's in, the, in, in it, right? Ne ever yep. be disclosed. That means how can you give someone undivided loyalty if you're supposed to give confidentiality for both sides, if you're also supposed to give full disclosure 
about what the other one says to both sides. So there's a conflict between confidentiality yes. and full disclosure and undivided loyalty. So now your loyalty is divided. And the reason why your loyalty is divided, it's not for a bad thing. The reason why your loyalty is divided is because no confidential information may be given from one side to the other, which means you can't fully disclose about the motivation of the other side because that promise of confidentiality is what can ever be breached, which means the tool to two uh, duties that you don't get in dual agency is full disclosure and undivided loyalty. And because under dual agency, your, divide, your loyalty must be divided. And the reason why your loyalty is divided is because you can't breach confidentiality. And since you can't breach confidentiality, you can't fully disclose what you normally could disclose if you heard it in a generic real estate transaction. Now, what a lot of people says, well, if that's true, then I, that I ain't wanna do dual agency because you're not gonna be able to disclose to me things you could normally disclose to me in a regular real estate transaction. So this is where the Mark Seiden chuckles again. Well, it depends. So, if there was a buyer's agent up against me or one of my agents as a listing side, mm -hmm. you would never hear confidential information about our sellers. You would never hear about any of our sellers' motivation that they gotta move and they gotta be in South Carolina in 42 days and they're gonna have a vacant house. The buyer's agent would never get that information from us. Because if a buyer agent asks us, why is the seller moving? Do you know what, you know what answer? a listening agent should give every time? What? It's the right time for the seller. Oh, okay. Other than that, any other answer is about motivation for the seller that could hurt the seller if the buyer heard it. And why is it a good time for a buyer to buy? Because it's the right time. Pretty big, but it complete. I'm just saying, but it completes. It protects. Text the confidentiality, which yeah. is mostly about motivation. And motivation is about where buyers and sellers make more money or less money and get better terms or worse terms. It's all about motivation. You know what the interesting expression about negotiation is? Which is true. If two people are negotiating, the more motivated person loses the negotiation every time. And why? because the more motivated person has to do something for a certain reason. And the person on the other side is not as motivated and can take it or leave it. So if the more motivated person is the one who's more motivated to get the deal done, that's the person that's going to come up in price or down in price more or give away some terms that they normally wouldn't give because they're more motivated. They got to get it done. And confidentiality is all about keeping the motivation confidential. Yeah. Yeah. So if dual agency is done correctly, there really is no advantage or disadvantage to dual agency if the agent was going to do basic agency law correctly. Got it. Mm -hmm. So let's take an example. So I, I'm the, the boss of the Mark Seiden real estate team, obviously. 
And let's say I'll take Caldwell Banker, a very good company. Let's mm -hmm. take Caldwell Banker and let's pretend I was the buyer's agent, Caldwell Banker was the listing agent, right? So if the agent at Caldwell Banker said, if I say to the Caldwell Banker agent, so why is the seller selling? I can ask that question because I represent the buyer. Now, how is the listing agent going to respond? So that Caldwell Banker agent could say one of two things. The Caldwell Banker agent could say because it's the right time for the seller to buy. Now, if that's what the Caldwell Banker agent says, is my buyer going to get any confidential motivating information? Nope. So now if I represented that seller instead of Caldwell Banker, and I brought my own buyer to the listing, and now my buyer asks, so why is the seller selling? And I say, because it's the right time for the seller to buy. I can't breach that confidentiality because it's a dual agency situation. Did the buyer's agent not get any information they would have gotten if it wasn't dual agency? They got and didn't get the exact same information. So there's really no disadvantage. Where's there a disadvantage? So I'll go back to that Cobalt Banker, and I'm not telling you that Cobalt Banker agents do this. I'm just telling you that all agents and all companies, excuse me, all companies have agents who do this in their companies, right. in the big companies. We don't in our company, but I'm very small. I only have six or seven agents, and we train three times a week, including an agency law. So my agents get drilled on this stuff. Mm -hmm. But in most large companies, they don't. So let's say that Cobalt Banker agent said, if I, if, if I asked as a buyer's agent, so why is the agent, why is the seller selling? Well, they just got relocated and they've got 60 days to really kind of get their own price. If not, it goes to a relocation company. And if it gets relocation company, they really get less money. So they're really just trying to do it on their own here first. I love that answer. Now, unfortunately, that agent, we're not in a dual agency situation, but that agent just breached their fiduciary duty to their seller. Sure. Now, if I get that information, I will absolutely bring that to my buyer. Right. Because it's not a dual agency situation. But how did I get that information? I only got it because there was an agent on the other side who breached their fiduciary duties. Right. So if you find agents who are not going to breach their fiduciary duties, I haven't really found a huge advantage or disadvantage of there being a dual agency situation as long as that agent is really going to follow the basic laws of agency. If they're not going to, if they're not going to disclose confidential information, whether they're a basic agent or a dual agent, there really is no issue. Now, here's the fun part. Ready for the fun part? Yes, always. So as a dual agent, I tell people I get winked at by more people than anybody else on the planet. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay. Here's why, you ready? Ready for the winking? Yes. So I represent the seller and the buyer. And it doesn't make a difference, it's the guy, it's the woman, it's, it's, it could be their cat or dog. I get winked up by everybody. Here it is, ready? Wink, wink, wink. Come on, Mark. You know the seller, come on. Wink, 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 really. How much will they come down to? Just tell me, because we can get the deal done. So just wink, wink, wink. I won't tell anybody. Just tell me. I'm winked at all the time. Like well, my answer is... Yes, the, the wink, like, you know, you know. Yeah. And the oh, wink, well. wink, wink is, <laughs> let me explain to you how this really works, wink, wink, wink. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. If I'm the type of agent that's willing to go down that path and tell you what the seller's willing to go down to, you need to understand 
that I would be the same agent that would tell the seller how much you're willing to go up to. Because remember, if I'm a dual agent, if I keep the level playing field and keep confidentiality, I'm keeping confidentiality. As soon as I'm not going to keep confidentiality, you can be assured that the agent does not keep confidentiality in a dual agency relationship will screw both sides of the transaction in order to collect the commission. Wow. So when, if I'm winked up by the seller, my answer is, you don't want me giving you that answer. Because mm -hmm. as soon as I give you that answer, you should not be happy. You should now be freaking out about <laughs> how much confidential information you gave me about your motivation right. that I'm now giving to the seller. Right, right. So if you're testing me, you should be happy that you know that your motivation is now safe. Because as soon as I give away motiva motivational, confidential information about the other side, you should, end. you should be freaking out about how much I'm doing that against you too. So is that really what you want me to do? That is probably one of the best takeaways. Just so many, one of many, but a really good takeaway. Do you have any like final takeaways as we kind of wrap up our today's dual agency talk? Yeah. and I, the, So the test for dual agency is do not be afraid of dual agency. If you really trust the agent that they're doing basic agency correctly. If you're finding holes in the basic agency that they're not giving you the form, they're not having you sign the form. The form is not that big of a deal, or they're just sending to you by a DocuSign, Hey, please sign, but not going over the form with you in detail. I would tell you that be very afraid of dual agency only because I would just be afraid of agency. Right. If you have someone who's really gone through the form with you, you really understand it. They've gone through the six duties with you. They've gone through what a buyer's agent, seller's agent. They tell you what a dual agency is. They tell you what designated agency is, which is a form of dual agency ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And they do all that. And they are really following the six duties of agency law. I would not be afraid of dual agency at all. That to me is the biggest takeaway. And we just took four hours and made this into, <laughs> I don't know how many minutes, but a lot less than four hours. We're about 30, which is, which is perfect. But I really, I really love this topic today. I think the audience is going to love this topic today. So um, we, we got to keep doing this, Mark. I think there's an audience, you know, the audience is loving all of these great tips and you have such a broad knowledge and background in real estate of, everything. So I so appreciate your time today. And listen, I just want to close with this part. If there's any other real estate agents out there or real estate office managers or owners out there that would like me to come to their office to give an agency lecture, just let me know. Just contact us at homeman.net. It would be an honor to go through this with my quote unquote competition, because the more that we actually follow this, the easier all our lives will be cooperating with each other to do a deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really good to know. So, you know, those of you who are going to be listening, take Mark off, take him up on this offer because I think that would be such a value to um, everybody in the agency world. Right. And education in this topic or any topic with, with real estate is never ending education. I always say my hashtag is always keep learning and so the keep learning never goes away. You can never, never know too much. <laughs> so, never. 
Never, right? Oh, um, again, how many E's can you put in that word never? That is really a never. Yeah, that was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, have a good day. You hey, too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we will be in touch soon. Good.